Good morning and welcome to Sidman United Methodist Church and welcome to the live stream if you are joining us online. We will begin with the hymn of eternal life, Come Christians Join to Sing. Um, the words will be on the screen or if you're following in the hymnal, it will be on page 108. In the affirmation of faith, Psalm 91, verses 1 through 4 and 14 through 16. Um, we will read this responsibly. It will be on the screen, or if you're following in a few Bibles, it will be on 512. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Please be seated. The announcements are on the back page of your bulletin. Next weekend, um, there will be a wedding held in the sanctuary and the rehearsal will be on Friday. And the Beaverdale and Dunlow announcements are on the back. The charge announcements on the bottom. Next week is World Communion Sunday. And Wednesday, October 12th, um, the food bank at the Galleria from 12 to 2. I don't really know if anyone has more information on that. Any other announcements? 
God looks more so at our character and not our skill set. An outstanding character trait is being teachable. You always want to remain, remain teachable. One of my first mentors said, there's one, there's one, he said, there's one good thing about you. <laughs> one good thing, not a, a few good things about you. There's one good thing about you, you're teachable. And, and I am. Uh, it's kind of difficult because I'm trying to learn Hebrew now. I was going to come in and share some words with you on, the, on Hebrew, but uh, uh, I'm not to that point yet. God will not only provide what you need, he will also teach you how to use what he has provided you with. There's the ark. This is how long it is. It's like four football fields. You know about a football field. Well, put three more on the end of that football field. That's how long it is. And it's three stories high. The parsonage over there is only two, I think, two stories high. And uh, it shows how wide it is. 75 feet wide. That's what it looks like. These are the different levels for the animals and for the eight humans that lived on there. See, they had things for the birds. All the animals lived on here. There's a, there's a, a den where they could watch TV and watch the next football game coming up, although it's probably postponed because of rain. And uh, this, is what, this is what the inside of it looked like. This is what the outside of it looked like. See, it's quite long. There's one door. And the animals went in by how? Have you ever heard that phrase before? The animals went two by two. He took two of each of the animals, except the animals they were going to kill and eat, because they had to do something. They were on board in that boat for a year or so, so they had to provide their own food on that boat too. So they had to take some animals along with them to, uh, uh, to kill. Uh, I don't know if they looked out the, uh, the windows or the door and tried to go fishing, maybe catch a salmon or something like that. That would have been nice for, uh, uh, for me. Any questions? Now, you, now you've heard the story of, uh, of Noah. And when, when, Noah, when Noah was, uh, uh, God gave Noah a symbol to show him that he would never destroy the earth again because of water. You know what that symbol is? A rainbow. Have you ever seen a rainbow? Yeah, we've all seen a rainbow. You know how to see a rainbow? Wherever the sun is, turn your back towards it. I'm just pointing at it. If the sun is over there, you turn your back towards it, and there'll be a rainbow appearing over on the other side. That's, that's the covenant that God sent to Noah, telling him that he would never destroy the earth by water again. Okay? Am I keeping you awake? Yeah. See, you don't have to be so honest. My goodness. How's kindergarten going? Aren't you in kindergarten? What are you in? Pre-K, pre-kindergarten. Well, you're close to kindergarten. So how's that going? Good. Good. You like it? Yeah? Good. Keep that spirit up. Let, let us pray. Our gracious God, we thank you for the young people who are here with us, with us today. We ask that you be with them and protect them throughout their uh, doings, throughout the, uh, uh, the week, and throughout their, uh, their, their youth. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let's see, you want candy? There you go.
Serenity, it is well with my soul, number 493.
Please be seated. Do we have any joy? Is any joy that's taking place in the last two weeks? Because I wasn't here last week. Matt. I didn't see you feeling better. How do you know I'm feeling better? Just because I'm here. <laughs> that's right, yeah. And I've got a letter from the orphanage in Honduras. Um, oh, yeah. They're working on building a chapel on the orphanage grounds. They have the plans drawn up now. Now they're looking for some funds. Um, so it is moving forward to build a chapel for the kids. Wow. And um, one of the young men, he's 15, his name's Noah. He went and got learned how to become a barber at the age of 15. Now he has a job. And he used his own money to paint a small room in the orphanage and get a chair and a mirror. And now he cuts all the boys' homes in the orphanage. And as on top of working out Cutting hair. Um, Gee, maybe I can go there and get my hair cut. Yeah, well, that's terrific. That's a, that's a big joy. We have a joy. Uh, Kyle has a birthday on Wednesday. Your birthday on Wednesday, and you're going to be at 11 years old. Are you? I got it right? Oh, my goodness, wow. Happy birthday. Are you going to have a party? When's the party? Today? I can't come today. I have to go to a viewing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to go visit the dead today instead of the living. The living is next weekend. Any other uh, joys? We had two good joys there. Oh, yes. Camden had some good test results this week, but we need more testing to see what's actually wrong. But the tests he had were good. Well, that's good to hear. God bless you. What you got there? Fred Flintstone thing? That's like a jungle. A uh, jungle thing. Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's, that's what it's How about the uh, concerns? Do we have any concerns? I have a concern with the lorry. Lorry's down in Panama City, Panama Beach, Panama City, and they say the hurricane, it's in the line of the hurricane near the end of the week. Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or something like that is supposed to hit that uh, area. So I was I was concerned when I heard that. that I have a joy. Uh, our granddaughter was in a softball tournament yesterday. They won. Softball tournament. Oh yeah, they won. Yeah. So now they go on and play another game. Well, Four or five games. Well, another tournament somewhere. Yeah, another tournament somewhere. <laughs> There's always uh, tournaments. Is all the way. And I'm glad to hear the tournament was not today at that quarter of nine in the morning. Yeah, that, that, that's good. June? I know. I don't know what you're talking about. Somebody fell on it. Were you at the bottom of the pile? Is that what it was? Was it the other team that fell on it or your team? It was at practice. Oh, that's even worse. You got injured in practice. Well,
it's still going. Fairly. So let us raise our voices up to God Almighty as we as we answer, we pray to him about the concerns that, uh, that, that we have. So let us bow our heads as we pray. Great and glorious God, you are wonderful in all your doings towards humanity. Accept our heartfelt thanks and praise for giving us life, for redeeming us when, when, we, when we were still an enemy, for preserving us to this day, for guiding us into your ways by your Holy Spirit, and for all the various kindness, kindnesses you have showered upon us. All that we have have come from you. Lord, all that we can give you came from you already. How can we ever love you enough or praise your name sufficiently for these and all your favors? Our minds are unable to conceive of the thanks due you, even for this gift of coming into your presence and speaking with you. Dear Lord, we pray for the good health and well-being of the members of this congregation, their families and friends and neighbors. We also pray for any difficulties, troubles, problems, concerns, uncertainties that the members of this congregation are going through. We pray for the law enforcement personnel, the military around the world, especially Second Lieutenant Carl Smith, and, and the health workers. We pray for the leaders of our country, community, and church. And we pray for the difficult times that we find that our country is, is, is going through. Give us the strength to, to uh, see the end of this and to get, get, get through everything. We pray for all the health issues that the members of this congregation are, are having to uh, deal with. The, uh, give us the strength and the courage and the patience to be able to uh, learn how to uh, cope with the uh, problems we're having with our health or, health or uh, uh, getting help from the, from the medical personnel. We pray for those people who are on, uh, on vac vacation. And we pray for, for those people who are taking courses to renew their status as a lay servant. We pray for, and we, make, we know that you've heard the prayers that the, the people from the congregation have asked for you to uh, recognize and to, uh, uh, to take care of. We pray for Tom and Roseanne Burkett. We pray for Carol, Carol and Steve. And we pray for Jean Ivanko. Now, dear Lord, let us bring our prayer time to a close by praying. Uh, now, if the name has come up, to the people while we were praying, let them say those names out loud now. Dear Lord, now let us bring our prayer time to a close by praying together the Lord's Prayer, our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Would our ushers please come forward for the presentations of God's tithes, our gifts, and offerings.
Our gracious God in heaven, we thank you for this uh, opportunity for us to come together this last Sunday in the month of September. Where is all the time gone, dear Lord? We ask that you accept these tithes, these gifts and offerings that being, that's being presented, that come from the members of this congregation and are being presented by the youth of this congregation. We thank you for this, dear Lord, and we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. Amen. Now, I don't know if Matt read this verse last week. Did you? Well, you're going to hear it again because it's, an, it's, a, it's important. The sermon that was supposed to be given last week that I know he didn't give my sermon. Wasn't, uh, I wasn't here last week, so I'm giving it to you again this week because it's important. So this is from uh, the book of Luke, chapter 16, verse 1 through 13. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I load my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 450. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master, the, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you, you have not trustworthy in handing worldly wealth, you will trust you, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one or love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The words of God for the people. God, thanks be to God. The, uh, so this is called the making Christianity real. This is a, a, a shocker. It, it, it's a, a parable that deals with a threatening situation. And because of that, it's called a crisis parable. There are various titles used for the manager. Shrewd, prudent, astute, unjust, and the one I like the best, keen. Yeah. This parable presents a model of someone faithful whose life is completely opposite of everything Christ taught. 
This parable provides an example of character that should not be praised or imitated. Jesus is trying to teach his disciples the proper use of material possessions. God provides you with choices. We're always given, given choices. You can choose to serve the worldly goals during this period of your life, living its treasures, loving its treasures, or you can choose to love God and serve him during the same period of time. You can't serve both. It's either or. One leads to death. One leads to life. Aha. Where you want to be in your future is determined how you handle today. Too often our choices are decided by wants instead of needs. Oh, I want this, I want that. But do you need this or do you need that? Now, many times after we get it, we find out, oh, yeah, oh, oh, I wanted to have a, uh, a, a small a portable barbecue for the, for the porch up there. So somebody lent me one that they had a little small one around Memorial Day. Now we're coming close to Halloween. I haven't used it yet. You know, it's something I wanted, but did I need it? I, don't, I even have aluminum foil over the grill, but it's just like I haven't gone outside to, uh, to do that. Wealth not only means money, but it stands for force, power, influence, reputation, abilities, skills, and creativity. We tend, uh-oh, now we get into the hard part. We tend to give more thought to our physical well-being than we give to our spiritual well-being. This, I guess, is a, a pause in the spiritual world, planet fitness is here because we're dealing with the spiritual. But how often do we come here? Once a week. How many times do you go to Planet Fitness? Uh, three times a week. Oh, wow. There's a difference. There's a difference there. We are, uh, uh, I expect a discount uh, since I advertise Planet Fitness. We also spend more time, more money, and more effort on pleasures than we do on our church. Did you hear that? Did that go through? Put a finger in, in, in one ear so when it goes in, it stays in there and rattles around. We spend more time, money, and effort on pleasures than we do on our church. When we start spending as much time and effort as we do on worldly activities, Christianity will then start to become real and effective. Seeking wealth can cause us to ignore God, undervalue our family, walk over people, use people, act unethically, and other types of destructive actions. Have you ever run across somebody who's made, made a lot of money? I worked for a man for, who, who made, made a lot of money in the parking business. Another life ago, 40, 50 years ago. I was married then. Maybe that's why I wasn't thinking clearly. I don't know. But he was, he was all of this. Walked over people, used people, act unethically and other types of destructive actions. Something would come up and he would come by or I would go by and I would tell him that we, sh we should do it this way. And no, he wanted the other way, which was unethical. But he knew it would work. But I was the employee, so I had to follow his, his, uh, his instructions. 
What else comes with seeking wealth and status? We start worshiping creation and not the creator. To receive true riches from God, we must show that we can handle worldly wealth properly. Treasures we most need to seek are those that cause God to be pleased. Christians who have all of eternity ahead of them should use their gifts and resources to gain friends who will enjoy eternity with them. So you can invite people over to your pool when you're in heaven. If there is a pool in heaven, I don't know. What we will face in eternity is dependent on how we view money and the use of it. Money and the use of it. Mm, ooh, yeah. Jesus tells us we should use our money to make deposits in heavenly bank accounts. We must decide if the key issue in our work is how much we can make or if the key issue is how we can serve God and do so faithfully. I've, I've seen uh, 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 things on, on the TV where they, they talk to people who, who are senior in college and they're like, what are you going to do? And they say, well, you know, I can make this amount of money in this job, but this amount of money in that job. And it's all based on how much money that they can make. Not that I expect them to come out and say, I'm going to serve God and I'm going to do it faithfully. No, but I'm just, I was just surprised that they're, 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 what they wanted to do after they got out of college was based on money. Money, 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 money. To protect his uncertain future, the manager puts his trust in wealth. What exactly in the unjust manager are we to imitate? Jesus commends the manager's method, not the solution. Not for how he went about it, but the end result. It's not how the manager handled the money Jesus commends to his disciples to imitate, but his ability to turn the situation around to his advantage using his cleverness. cleverness. The manager understood how to use what was in his care to serve a larger goal. Things in this life under our care will determine our future in eternity. The life Christ talks about is not here, but there in eternity. Letting go is to have, and keeping is the way to lose. We've heard that before. Letting go is to have, but keeping is the way to lose. Letting go of wealth and possessions is to gain. Keeping all of it is to lose. Jesus doesn't praise the manager for his dishonesty, but cutting himself a short-term deal so people will have comp compassion for him in the long term. The use of resources is a test of how we will handle things in eternity. The present order is not permanent, and our authority over life, goods, and all the rest is only temporary. You may think it's permanent, but it ain't. The manager is in a similar situation as we all are. All of us have goods, talents, 
relations, and time to manage, but also have been given notice for our firing. We're all going to be fired. We feel quite secure in our position until we are reminded that our management is only temporary. What we have is not really ours and will be taken away from us. We do not know when we will be dismissed from our temporary management of these things, but dismissed we will be. Will the solution be for short-sighted reasons in this life or for long-term reasons in our next life? How the how will affect the rest of our life in eternity? Remember eternity. We're going to all, well, we're all going to be there. Whether we're in heaven or the other place, I can't decide that. But it's going to be for an eternity. Much longer there than here. The average age now has been dropped because of COVID from 79 to 76. So I got another three more years left. And then goodbye. They dropped three years because of COVID. Will you be like the majority, giving in to the pressures of the world? making Christianity a lawfully gold that can't be lived up to? Or are we in the minority doing our part in trying to live up to that lofty gold and trying our very best in making Christianity real? Are the lives you live now making Christianity real? Or just you, you just use the term, I'm a Christian, that's a term. You can't be partway Christian. It's either one or the other. You're, you're either uh, telling a falsehood when you say you're a Christian, or you're living, you're trying to make Christianity real. Is it easy? No. It's not easy, it's not easy at all. But God is not looking for people who are going to spend eternity with him that are so-so and they're hot or cold or lukewarm. He doesn't want lukewarm Christians either. You've got to be hot in order to get up there to be with him. So you have to start making Christianity real in everything you do. The, the TV programs you watch, the places you go, the stores you go. I went to... Uh, it's a criticism, so I won't mention the name of the place now, but I mentioned it earlier. Last Saturday, or week, two weeks ago, and the music that they were playing, they were always playing loud music over the PA system. Nobody listens to it because they got their own earplugs in, earbuds in. And, and, and this music was like, it's like Ozzy Osbourne. It wasn't Ozzy Osbourne, but it sounded like Ozzy Osbourne. All he did was holler and scream at the top of his lungs. And while I'm trying to get changed, it's like, this sounds like the music of devil. Maybe I should leave now because I don't have ear, 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 ear plugs. I like to hear what's going on around me. But it was the music of the devil that they were being. Now, if they played that every time I was in, that's the first time I've heard it in a year. Next week will be my one-year anniversary. 
I'll be here one year. I'm not exaggerating this time like I usually done. It's been one year, October 1st, Saturday at the wedding. Uh, but Sunday will be the first. And next Sunday is World, World Communion Sunday. So are you making Christianity real? Have you thought about that? Probably not. But it's time to think about that. It's not, it's not the time to think about it when the door closes on this life. Too late then. If it, if it was easy, anybody could get in. Do we want anybody with us in eternity? No. We want the people who have the same beliefs and, and the, the same value systems that, that we have, who, who have made their lives real, a, Christ, a Christian life real. Am I getting my point across to uh, someone? Oh, there are a couple of head shakes. A couple of head shakes. A couple, 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 couple. Okay, let us pray. <coughs> Dear Lord, we know it's difficult to not only live a life as a Christian, but to try to live that life making Christianity real. We ask that we are given the strength, courage, and wisdom in order to live that life up to the standards that you have provided for us to follow. We pray in your most holy name. Amen. Let us now stand and sing our hymn of devotion. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Number 514. I'm sorry, number 477. Wrong church. 477.
once and so I can see you next time. I didn't even see him. My goodness. For every thought you think and every word that crosses your brain and every deed, make sure the choices you make are making Christianity real. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and all God's children said, Amen. Amen.